It's time for Love Talk with your hosts, Kathy and Carrie. And welcome, friends, to Love Talk. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Gavin, thanks so much for getting us on time and making us sound good. And thank you, friends, for joining us this morning. We're thrilled to be here on KTXW, The Bridge, Austin, Central Texas Christian Talk. We are building bridges of love and leadership. And it's a beautiful time in Texas. The, the weather's been a little bit crazy, Coach Carrie, but it's great to be here with you this morning. And uh, it's great to be here with you this morning, friends, as well. Hey, friends, this is Coach Carrie Brinkater. Great to have you with us today. Yes, it has been absolutely crazy here. I was in shorts and a t-shirt on Monday and Tuesday. <laughs> yes playing out in the yard and and doing all kinds of things outside and then um yeah then the winter weather hit again and so um it's just been an absolutely crazy week but a super fun week you know um it's it, it, you just roll with it you learn how yeah, to be flexible and roll exact, with it and adaptable you know like right. adaptable is a key characteristic of successful individuals so exactly. friends god is preparing us to be successful very <laughs> successful adults we're going to be adaptable we're going to do this whatever the weather we're just going to continue to love on people, build bridges, be patient, grow in goodness, grow in our relationship with the Lord. And I I just love checking in every Saturday just to see, friends, how are you doing? And Coach Carrie, to ask you, how are you doing? And I think even sometimes to take account, Kathy, how are you yourself doing? It's nice to take a break on Saturday and just spend time together talking about the important things, talking about the life issues, asking those questions. And, you know, this entire month of February, we've been talking about everything love because why not? It's a great time to take a, take take February, the month of Valentine's Day, and focus on love. And, you know, I think we need a lot of love in our nation. These past two years, we've seen a lot of division, even even close friendships. Coach Carrie, I was talking with a girlfriend at a big birthday party uh, this past week about how over across the last two years, close friendships and tight-knit families have really been put to the test. And I think even among some friendships, love in some of those has even grown cold. And possibly we can look at ourselves and see that too often maybe we ourselves have become frustrated or disappointed with those around us. And, you know, there's this incredible warning in Scripture in Matthew chapter 24, verse 12. It says, because of the increase of lawlessness, the love of many will grow cold. Mm -hmm. And others would translate that because of the increase in wickedness, the love of many will grow cold. And I'll tell you, friends, that when division comes and it seems like your love is growing cold, that is all the more reason to press into the source of love, to press into that relationship with Jesus Christ, to just get into his overflowing love for us so that we can splash and overflow that love on others. And so we're going to be talking today about believing in love and what that means. What does it mean? Can we truly believe that love covers a multitude of sins? Can we truly believe that love heals and love revives and love refreshes? Can we believe that love is truth, that God is the God of love and that there is a truthfulness when it comes to love. And I've been reading this book, Coach Carrie. It's Hearts of Fire, and it's put mm. out by Voice of the Martyrs, an incredible book. And the key theme of it is pressing forward in love when you are surrounded by hate. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I really want to talk about this. How do we believe in love? How do we press forward in love when we're surrounded by division, frustration, disappointment, broken relationships, and so for this conversation, we needed a specialist, <laughs> so right? We have brought a specialist to join us on Love Talk today. He's a senior pastor at First Baptist Pflugerville Church, and we're just excited to have him with us. We are going to introduce him in just a minute, and he has made a life out of pouring out love on others, despite what he receives in return. And we're going to press into this miracle of the heart and learn everything we can so that, friends, today we can be refreshed, we can be renewed in love, and we can go out this week and pour out love on a world that is desperate to believe in the power of love. Absolutely. Uh, Time for us to call in the 
the specialist, as you say. You know, friends, you can always go back and listen to our archives at Love Talk Network. Um, we had we've had some great programs this month, um, chatting with friends. Uh, had our husbands on the program a few weeks back, and you <laughs> guys loved our husbands. Holy yes, cow! They did. Um, so, I mean, who wouldn't, right? Just so, of course. Uh, so thankful for that. Let's get to our key verse today, Romans 10, verse 14. How, then, can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? That will take us into our introduction for uh, Pastor Wes Wilkinson here in just a moment. Now, Kathy, um, we've got a lot of things going on before we introduce Pastor Wes. We've got a lot of things going on. Tell us about um, the, the state prayer breakfast here in Texas. It's coming up. Yeah, we are excited about it. You can now get your seats for it, and we can officially announce uh, the keynote speaker is David Barton, president of Wall Builders, and I just can't believe this. I mean, last year we got Ann Graham Lotz. This year we got David Barton. I'm thinking, wow, we are hooked in here for this we national – we do like, it bigger in Texas. We do it bigger in Texas. <laughs> I tell you, it's just amazing. So you're going to want to get your seats for this. Last year, the breakfast completely sold out. Uh, we are at the Kalahari Resort once again in Round Rock, Texas. You can also, if, if you want to go to the Kalahari, book in a special room rate. You can absolutely do that if you want to uh, spend the night at the Kalahari the night before and then go to the breakfast in the morning because it's a pretty early start. Um, but if you want to get your seats, you can go to ndpaustin.org. That's NDP. It stands for National Day of Prayer.org, ndpaustin.org. And uh, you just click on shop and you can go and you can book a sponsor table. You can book a just an, one entire table for you and friends, or you can book an individual seat. But you're going to want to do that and be at the National Day of Prayer, a state prayer breakfast for Texas. It's going to be a great one this year. Absolutely. Okay, one more announcement, Kathy. Miss Evelyn's birthday <laughs> is next Saturday. Yes. Okay, friends, so you know that Kathy and I um, have been missing our mentor, Miss Evelyn. Miss Evelyn began this program, Love Talk, 36 years ago, right here in Central Texas. Uh, longest running um, Christian talk show in Texas. And we, we are missing her. Her birthday is next weekend, March the 5th, and she is 90. One years old. I know. If you'd like to send her a card, we would love to take that to Miss Evelyn for you. So you can send the card to the radio station, Kathy 314 East Highland Boulevard. East Highland Mall Boulevard, 314 East Highland Mall Boulevard. And make sure you put in number 250. So that's Suite 250, and that's in Austin, Texas. 78752. And friends, if you're driving in your car and thinking, there's no way I'm writing that down, just get on uh, your Safari or Google or whatever your search engine is and type in KTXW, the Bridge Austin address, and it will pop right up. And so if you put in um, uh, Miss Evelyn Davison, care of KTXW, the Bridge, and then with that address, it will get to her. We're going to put it in a beautiful little birthday love box and present all to all of them to her at once. That would be so fun. Well, Kathy, let's go ahead and introduce our special special guest, Pastor Wes Wilkinson from First Baptist Church, Pflugerville. Go ahead, Kathy. I'm so excited. So he is a fifth-generation pastor, which just completely blows me away, raised in a Christ-centered family. And after feeling the call and striving to know it was the Lord calling him and not his own desires or his family's wishes, Wes surrendered to the ministry at, get this, age of 16. I cannot wait to hear about this. Wes completed his Bachelor of Arts in Biblical Studies at Dallas Baptist University and then completed his Advanced Masters of Divinity at Southwestern Baptist Theology. The, at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Fort Worth with a concentration in, men, in missions. And in order to graduate, you actually have to be able to say that three times fast. <laughs> uh, well, while completing his seminary degree, he also uh, was a student pastor at First Baptist Carrollton 
and he was ordained in 2012, and then he moved to College Station and became the college pastor at Central Baptist in 2016, where he led a staff of five paid positions and up to 60 volunteers and an incredibly dynamic ministry for up to 400 college students, and he is now at First Baptist Pflugerville as the senior pastor. We are so excited to have him. Pastor Wes, welcome to Love Talk. Hey, thank you so much, Carrie and Kathy. It's a joy and an honor to be here and glad we were finally able to make it work out. I know. You are a busy man. Uh, You have a new baby at home. Well, first of all, you're a new senior pastor, which in and of itself is a 24-7 job. Um, You know, Pastor Wes, I was a college basketball coach for many years, and I often um, equate the two ministries, right, because you're on 24-7. So I understand, and we're great. We're so excited to have you with us. Now, Pastor Wes, our listening friends want to get to know you. Um, would you share with us how you came to know that Jesus loves you? Yeah. My, so you said in your introduction, I, I would love to grow up in a uh, Christ-centered home um, with parents who know Jesus truly, who love them completely, who were very visible. Um, and, and or not visible is the right word, but just authentic. I mean, I saw them live out their faith and relationship with Christ and uh, so the gospel wasn't something, uh, the gospel message was something that was just uh, clearly discussed in our home and um, the message that we're made in the image of God, but broken by our own choices of sin. And uh, if that sin is what separates us from God and the relationship we were made for. And Jesus came and being fully God and fully man lived the life we have failed to live, um, both by action and nature. and that he went on the cross and took uh, took the rightful punishment that we deserve for our sin. But he died in our place, rose again, sits at the right hand of God, and and offers his gift of salvation, which you and I can receive simply by um, by biblical faith, which would be acknowledging that we're sinners and we need Christ and placing the full weight of our being in him. And that was always very clear. The key for me was... Um, Probably like a lot of kids who grow up in uh, in church, who watch their friends young, pray the prayer and walk down the aisle and get baptized. And most importantly, now be able to eat the cracker and drink the juice from the Lord's Supper tray. Um, uh, there was a point where I looked at my mom and said, I want to ask Jesus in my heart. And I have no memory of this, by the way, which I think is really interesting because of what I do remember. But she uh, she looked at me and said, after asking some questions, she said, no, you're not ready. Wow. And I'm so grateful for that because what 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 for her and dad there was lacking. I understood the gospel, but the conviction of the Holy Spirit that I really was a sinner who needed Jesus wasn't there yet. And what I do remember is I remember clear as day as if it was yesterday when uh, on several different instances that conviction from the Holy Spirit pushed through into my heart and um, I really understood that I had I had committed sin and sin separated me from Jesus. So I didn't just need to pray the prayer. Because that's the thing to do. I needed to ask Jesus to save me because I, I was a sinner in need of saving. And so that all happened uh, when I was five and a half back in, in 1994. And um, it's just real interesting to look back. And, um, and I'm, I'm keeping it brief here, but just what not remembering the conversation of being told no, but very clearly remembering the Spirit's conviction that ultimately um, led to the point where his conviction with the knowledge of the gospel produced uh, a response of saving faith. What a wise mama. Yeah, I'm so very grateful. You know, because as a mother, those words you want to hear from your child, you know, that you that your child wants Jesus to come into their life, but do they fully understand? And as a kid that grew up in church, I, I can appreciate that because my kids were very young as well whenever they both said they wanted to accept Christ. Um and so what a wise mama to say, you know what, let's let's continue this conversation and let's make sure that you understand what that means. Um, so for you, then you had to make a decision and go, OK, well, let me let me really think about this. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm, I'm forever grateful for parents that just really were sensitive to walk by the spirit and biblical truth and 
and resist the overwhelming. I mean, yeah, I, I, you know, now having a baby of our own, I fully understand how much a, a Christian parent wants to hear those words. So I'm, I'm very grateful for my parents. Absolutely. Well, friends, when we return to Love Talk, we'll have more from Pastor Wes Wilkinson, Senior Pastor at First Baptist Church, Pflugerville, and we'll press into this love. How do we continue to love when we're surrounded by evil and hate and the world pressing in on us? More with Pastor Wes Wilkinson when we return to Love Talk. Hello, friends, right after and this. welcome back to Love Talk. You found the love ladies. I'm Coach Carrie Brinkater, and of course, in studio with my beautiful co-host and friend, Kathy Indebrock. <laughs> Great to be with you today. And we have Pastor Wes Wilkinson with us. First, but he's he is the senior pastor of First Baptist Church in Pflugerville, and we're so delighted to have you with us today, Wes. Now, you come from a very long line of past pastors. I believe five generations of pastors. Yeah. That is amazing and awesome. Now, I'm sure growing up in a family where grandpa and great grandpa and 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 maybe great grandma and who who knows are are pastors and serving in the church, um, this was just ingrained in your DNA. But you even said this at some point you had to make a decision for yourself to follow Christ, and it couldn't just be because mom and dad and grandpa and grandma um, wanted that for you. It has to be personal. So you realized at, at a young age, I mean, you're a teenager, Wes, that God was calling you into the ministry. Did you resist or did you just immediately follow this calling that God placed on your life? Yeah, no, I, I didn't resist. I think, um, you know, I was blessed that it is bizarre to hear five generations, but I always preface with I never even knew how my dad or granddad were called into ministry until after God called me into ministry. There was really? never a... There was never an attitude of like, well, hey, someone from the family has got to keep keep the train going on and keep up the family business. Or there was never like no one in my family ever even hinted at me about God calling me into ministry. Just saying I'm grateful for that. And I, I appreciate that from my family's perspective of this idea that a God obviously calls every believer to follow him, to engage in ministry, to be to live on mission but I do think when you look at scripture, there is a, a, a unique calling. It's not a better calling or a more important calling. It's just a unique calling that God specifies certain individuals to serve vocationally as shepherds in his flock, as pastors. And um, I just I think I saw that so sacredly in my family that what it led me to do, I didn't resist it. Um, but I, I, I really took a lot of time really asking, Lord, Lord, is this you calling? Because if it's you calling, I don't get an out card. You know, I remember in college, I remember in college, uh, a, a professor saying, well, you know, yeah, I, I went through my missions phase, too. or I went through that ministry phase. And I was like, no, you don't get it. This isn't a phase like God said before the foundations of the world, before you and your mother's womb, I made you for this. There's there's no there's no plan B. Mm-hmm. This is what he called and made me and purposed me to do this side of heaven. And so. Um, I didn't resist it. It just it was just a process of about six months of of just a lot of stirring from the Lord and a lot of seeking before uh, before ultimately in the words and in the best advice I got from my granddad, I got to a point where I just knew because I knew because I knew that the spirit was calling. So, yeah, and it, that, I, it was immediate. I mean, I think sometimes, you know, we think of like Abraham being called by God and it seems so, you know, mysterious and otherworldly, but gosh, it's, you know, I I find it's just this tug on your heart, this turning of your mind, this constant pressing into your spirit. And, um, you know, he just, he kind of talks with each of us differently and uniquely but so from the the time you were 16 how long did it take before you said hey i am going to become a pastor uh as far as senior pastor yeah that was a process i definitely initially since the lord's direction to go overseas and so had a lot of background going overseas my dad was a missions pastor um spent time overseas in junior high high school college um and then it was after college, God opened a door for me to initially be the interim student pastor at First Carrollton while I was starting seminary. Mm. And that first semester I was there as interim, um, I just, uh, there was just this breaking of my heart for those students. 
And I really wrestled with the Lord. I was like, Lord, I don't want to flake out on going overseas. And then I, I really had to come to a point where inside of this calling to vocational ministry, God's the one who makes the call. So he gets to decide the who, the where, the when, the how. Mm-hmm. And so if after I kind of wrestled with, with that and, and with him, it came to peace there. Um, I ended up approaching them and they approached me all at the same time about staying there full time. And then I think as I went through that, as God continued to open my eyes, being on staff in a local church and, and continued to um, grow and develop the giftings that he gave me for the calling, uh, that's where my heart began to really shift in the burden and the conviction of God. I really believe you've you've called me to, to be a senior pastor. So well, and I, I'd love to talk a little bit about your your international experience traveling internationally. You know, we, we um, have something that we want to ask you that. We want to know how we, we don't want our love to grow cold, right? We want to continue to press into love when we are increasingly surrounded by hate and greed and all of these things going on around us. Well, we woke up this morning uh, to news that Russia has invaded Ukraine. And matter of fact, we're, we've been praying in our mom's prayer group for a mama whose son uh, is a um, in our military, and he is he's he's right out there. He's kind of uh, in that area, ready, kind of on call um, as uh, our as our our leadership in this nation decides on what to do with our troops. You have some experience in in Ukraine. How 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 do we um, how do we step into this news and not allow it to just press in as a burden on us and say, oh, my gosh, one more thing I don't know how I can deal with today? Yeah, I mean, in one sense, I think I think as a believer, in one sense, it, it ought to really weigh, weigh us down and burden. I mean, it's it's a it's an injustice to invade a free people. And um, I know from the, the, the summer I spent over there in college um Ukrainian people are are serving they're giving they are some of the most precious and sweet people I've ever gotten to spend time around the the level of sacrificial giving that they would show to us and 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 and, and help and take care of us and what we were doing there what we were doing teaching conversational English I mean I sit there today and I think of I see faces of students I taught that summer and wonder where are they at in this? I mean, we were all over Ukraine. We were in Kiev. We were in eastern Ukraine. We were in western Ukraine. And, and so um, I think of those cities. I think of those churches, those pastors. Um, so I think in one sense there ought to be a burden. It ought to burden mm-hmm. us because mm-hmm. we, there's there's people suffering. There's injustice taking place. And there's brothers and sisters in harm's way. I think the flip side does it not just take us down and, and leave us in, you know, wrapped up in the closet in a fetal position wanting to hide under a rock, I think that you got to take it to the Lord. I mean, at this yeah. point, there's not much you and I as, or even an average listener sitting in the car. You can't get on a plane and fly over. None of us are Superman or Supergirl. You can't go over and just stand on the front lines and end it. Um, but I do think Scripture is really clear about how powerful God is and how God likes to move at the prayers of the saints. And so I think it ought to drive us to really be on our knees in a very driven, deliberate, humble dependence, praying for the Lord to move, for the Lord to intervene, praying for um, the God who laughs at the nations that rage to 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 intervene in a way to protect our brothers and sisters. I mean, I think that's how we let it not just completely debilitate us is we've got to go to the Lord and lay it, lay it at his feet. Well, I, I love that you say, I mean, you're right. We can enter that battle in prayer. And I, I love it. Like you said, we don't have to be there in an airplane. We can be right where we are in our homes with our family members praying uh, that God would resolve that, that he would bring that to nothing, that he would protect our troops, that he would protect uh, those Ukrainian citizens and um you know, it, there's scripture that says that he will direct the heart, that God can just direct the hearts of kings, you know, like water just. And and I, I just think that we sitting here helpless and hopeless, that is not what God has called the church to. God has called the church to be aware, to engage with confidence and engage with him. And I think that we have um, an incredibly powerful role to play in these world events when this is happening um, 
that if the if the church would move in prayer, we would we would see God's hand as well. And and I think it would also take a lot of the the burden and the fear and um, the the weak knees off of off of off of a lot of us when we're stepping into each day. Yeah. And then I think obviously if, if for some reason in your circle you know people from that part of the world, check in on them and take care of them. Take care of them because mm-hmm. chances are they've got family over there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we live in a very international and, and global community, and so you know, not knowing where listeners are, it just you know, make sure to pay attention if you if you know some people from Ukraine, from Eastern Europe, to the that are that are going to be experiencing this in a whole 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 different way too. It's interesting that you say that. My um, my husband's parents, they uh, they they fly by the seat of their pants sometimes, and they just dropped in on us this weekend. They live in East Texas, and they just dropped in on us this weekend. We're always happy to have them. They're so great. Um, but their best friends, some of their best friends are from the Ukraine and have recently moved here permanently Um and are living in East Texas of, of all places. Yeah. Um, and they uh, still obviously still have lots of family in the Ukraine and their hearts are heavy and they're burdened. And so we definitely need to be in prayer uh, for, for that mm-hmm. situation because it's, it's tenuous and we can't really believe uh, apparently yeah. um, anything that, that the Russians are saying. And so it's just, it's hard. It's hard to navigate all of that. Well, let's switch gears a little bit, Pastor Wes. Sure. I'm, I'm, um, I certainly want to talk about your time as a youth pastor in College Station. You were leading um, a, a youth group of hundreds of students. And for Kathy and I, we, we both have teenagers. Well, she has one that's in her 20s now. Um, <laughs> but um, we, have, we have teens. And so this this movement amongst young people right now to get to know Christ, Wes, I tell you, I am seeing it now more than ever. I've been involved in in my hand with young people for a very long time, and I just see our our teenagers really wanting to know more, not, not be on the surface. Yeah. Um, and it's exciting to me. Share some memorable, maybe a memorable story from your time as a youth pastor there in College Station where you just saw amazing things happen. Just, just to clarify, uh, I was youth pastor up at Carrollton. College Station. I'm sorry. College that's right. No, you're good. So, yeah. I mean, a college pastor is basically parentless youth. That's yeah, what, there you go. And that's what <laughs> it is. Yeah. Uh, my predecessor said the best thing about college ministry is it's all the things you love the most about youth ministry but you don't have to like wait on parents to pick the kids up, you know, and, and or sign a waiver. Yeah. yeah sign right. waivers, except you're, like you're getting to do it with adults. And so, right. um, no, you know, I mean, college station is a unique place. Obviously I don't, I don't know if y'all got Aggies in your family, but, but A&M is, A&M is a unique place. That That's a, an area Brazos Valley totals probably about 300,000 people. And in, in any, in, in during the semester between A&M and Blinn, you have over 80,000 college students living in the city. Um, mm. And uh, and from all, um, you know, you've got 6,000 plus that are international students. And if you go through and look at what nations send their students and think about it, they, they send their best and their brightest to top American universities, which A&M is one. And um, I mean, I think we, we calculated out like seven of the top 10 nations who send their students to A&M you and I would not be able to go in and publicly proclaim the gospel without threat of imprisonment or loss of life. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, and so it's, 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 it's a unique and exciting place. Colleges, colleges also, the students are feeling the pressure to figure out their whole life. And um, so they're very open. And so, you know, I think what you're saying, you know, what, what I, yeah, is it, it's, um, it was a joy to watch those students who were hungering for more than just, they weren't looking for you to try to help sell them on a cool Jesus. They want to know Jesus. They want to know, or to use the phrase out of, out of, um, out of Philippians, they want to know the power of his resurrection. They want to know the fellowship of his sufferings. They want to know him conforming them, conforming them into his death. They want to attain the resurrection. I mean, they want to know him. And, uh, you know, I watched, we watched, I don't know that I can just specify one single story, 
but just you know, I think of guys like a, a student Caleb Elliott who just watching him start out, he knows the Lord, loves the Lord, kind of engaged in the church, and then watching when we left, and he's he's a, a nurse by vocation, but he is leading Bible studies with international students. He is sharing the gospel and training other people on how to share the gospel out on campus. He is, you know, it's for for believing students. It's watching things like that happen, where you see someone go from on offenses or they're there, they're present to just hungering and leading and, and taking up their cross and following. And then on the other side, it's seeing, um, I think that last year we were there. So COVID and everybody's going crazy. That was the most successful evangelistic year we ever had as a ministry. Wow. Uh, we saw international students come to faith in Christ, come to church and start asking questions. We saw students come to faith in Christ through conversations on campus. Um, and, uh, you know, so it's and, and then to see those students stay and get discipled and then them start to I just, you know, uh, there's just story after story like that. You know, I, I love to hear that uh, being on a college campus for many years, um, you know, you have to you have to be careful how how you um minister, right? And so I was so heartened. I was asked to speak at our FCA group here at Southwestern earlier in the fall. And when I was at Southwestern, we would typically run, I mean, it's a very small campus, you know, 1,250 students, not not like 50,000, you know, at, at A&M. Um, but um, we would typically run about 20, 20 kids in the FCA. And when I walked up this year, this was in September, the kids just kept coming and they kept coming yeah. and they kept coming. There were over 50 kids there. And I was so blown away by what God is doing on that campus. You know, kids that are seniors that have never been to FCA before, but they're like, you know what? This whole pandemic thing has just caused me to question. And yeah. I want to know more about this person that you're telling me loves me no matter what and cares about me as a human. And so I, I'm just, um, I think our young people, we sell them short so many times. Um, they, they are hungry for more than a surface relationship. Um, and I think, you know, COVID really showed us that. Uh, that we can get deeper into into relationships and we can love people right where they are. So I I, I love that. I love that so much, Wes. Um, do you miss the, the college kids? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's for yeah. sure. That, that was for sure the hardest part of leaving is the relationships with them. And um, I mean, they they keep you on your toes. I love the conversations <laughs> that college students will bring things up and you'll get into and you know, to, to your point, like the world never looks at young people and goes, well, that's a little too mature for them. Let's water it down, right? The world's <laughs> like, oh, you're four. Let's give you everything horrible you could ever dream and call you to it. Yet for some reason, we've right. oftentimes in discipleship been like, well, you're a little young. And it's no wonder why then sometimes we lose students to the world's narrative as well as we forget. I mean, most likely when Jesus walked by the Sea of Galilee and looked at John and said, follow me, John was probably 14 or 15 years old, which means wow. when Jesus is dying on the cross and he looks down at John and he says, here's my earthly mom. She's your she's entrusted to you now. John's a 17 or 18 year old kid in our mind, in our in our day and age. Yeah. If if Jesus didn't water it down for John, we don't need to water it down for our students. And so, yeah, no, I missed I missed that. I mean, there, there is a hunger and a fire and the. I think the thing that college students have for better or for worse that we don't have for better or for worse as grownups is they have this um, unyielding optimism to go change the world. And that, that big, that big is still possible that got, you know, and I, and I think that's a good challenge sometimes. Yeah. That needs to be maybe brought down to reality, but sometimes some of us are so grounded in reality. We forget that God really is big and yeah. we need to be able to see with God's size eyes and not just what we can do with our own strategies and effort. I love that unyielding op optimism that big is still possible. So that's what we're going to get when we walk into First Baptist Pflugerville Church, a uh, gospel that is not watered down and and uh, knowing that big is still possible. I think we all need that. So, I mean, how is your how is your wife doing? How is your family doing moving across to First Baptist Pflugerville 
um, out of Carrollton and that entire community that you were both just into and loved, you know, how, how, how are you guys doing? How's your wife doing? How are yeah. you doing stepping into this? No, man, I think we're doing, I mean, I think we're both drinking from fire hoses in different ways. Like it's definitely, I mean, um, as the college pastor, you could, or even your youth pastor, either way, you had people over you, you could pass certain things up the food chain. And now I don't have any, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm the person God's appointed. So we got to, I've got to deal with it. Uh, so no, so it's, it's definitely a learning curve, but it's been so good and so sweet. It's something we both have sensed the Lord prepping us for for a long time. Um, and, uh, you know, the church here has been so warm and embracing and, and friendly and loving and that that's just perpetually blows our blows our minds like we just sometimes look at each other. We don't even know how to respond to this level of generosity because oh. we're not um, – we're not used to to used to that in this way, and so um, it's been so sweet to step in, and I've been so grateful and appreciative. It's like the Lord's really given us great favor with the church, and just we've, we've been walking through since I got here the Book of Philippians, and um, uh, we're you know we brought back Wednesday night Bible study recently, and I just the church has just been real responsive to everything, and then and there's a sense of excitement and um that God is here, God is present, what does God want to do? And and I just am grateful for that and ever praying that that just grows more and more. I mean, I know your your theme this month is love and Paul starts off Philippians with that prayer just that he's praying that their love may abound more and more, all the more, and all knowledge and discernment ultimately culminating that they would live out the will of God and um so yeah, family wise we're doing well. We've got a fifteen month old that we are just trying to keep up with because she <laughs> loves life and does not like sleep and uh, <laughs> sweet and just I mean she truly is she's just a lover of life and so we're still trying to get settled very much but it's it's been a sweet and good move and we're we're very grateful and honored that the Lord would call us here well I love that you know First Baptist Pflugerville is Evelyn and Van Davison's church yeah. and you know Miss Evelyn has just gushed over First Baptist you know year after year and so you were teaching out of out of Philippians, and you know at at the end of our program, uh, Pastor West, we always encourage our listeners: if you do not have a church, go and find a church that teaches God's word, and that wants you to bring a Bible to church every yeah. week and open that Bible. And it sounds like uh, you would extend that same encouragement if if a person would want to walk through the doors of First Baptist Church this Sunday, what can they expect to find? Yeah, I think they, if they walk in at 930, they can expect to find small groups that they're able to plug in and, and begin meeting people into and have some small group uh, fellowship and discipleship. They walk in at 11 or stay till 11. We've got our, our worship service. I think what they'll find is a group of people who are warm, who are friendly, who um, I saw a family visiting the other day, and my, my fear was not that no one talked to them. I was like, man, I think the whole church has talked to them, because <laughs> uh, I'm always the last one out, and, and, and they barely beat me out the door. And, and so, uh, no, I mean, I think they'll find a warm and friendly church. They'll find a place where we are constantly praying that God is not the honored guest in our midst, but he is the worship leader in our midst, that his presence is evident and Jesus is lifted up, that the Holy Spirit's moving. Um, I preach verse by verse, text driven. And, and so, yeah, I, man, bring your Bible, whether that's physical or on, on some kind of electric device and be prepared to, to be reading it along with me and look at it and flip to other places. Like, uh, we, I, I don't think the church needs to hear my opinion. They need to hear the Lord's word. And my job as pastor yeah. is to understand it and, and, and give it to them faithfully. Mm. So how long have you been in the book of Philippians, Wes? Uh, first Sunday that I preached would have been the first Sunday of October. So I think maybe that was the third and we are finishing, we'll finish chapter three this Sunday. Nice. So. Nice. I, we were in a Sunday school class once and, and we spent four years in Genesis. I'm yeah. not kidding. <laughs> and, um, it was awesome. You know, just first, there were some yeah. Sundays we got to one verse, yeah. you know, and, um, I had never really been through a book like that where we just took our time and yeah. we just talked about what what was going on at the time what what else was going on in, you know in the world and 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 our opinions and our thoughts and it was amazing it was transformational for me really yeah. um to sit through that 
for so long and and just uh, really dive in so deeply. So I I really love that you have been in the book of Philippians since October. Hey, at least you can leave your Bible marked and, and you right. can know where you're going next Sunday. That's right. No, absolutely. <laughs> and it means I also know where we're going next. That's Sunday. right. Not flipping around. Yeah. That's right. That's great. That's great. Well, friends, when we return to Love Talk, we'll have more with Pastor Wes Wilkinson, Senior Pastor at First Baptist Church of Pflugerville. What a great ride it's been. Learning so much from you, Pastor Wes, as we just look at loving, loving well and, and what that means. So when we return to Love Talk, friends, more with Pastor Wes right after this. And welcome back, friends, to Love Talk here on KTXW, the Bridge Austin Central Texas Christian Talk. We are building bridges of love and leadership, talking about love today with the senior pastor of Pflugerville First Baptist, uh, Pastor Wes Wilkinson. Well, we have kind of thrown a lot of questions at you today, Wes, and, and you know, we're really focusing on on love, and I just, I've had conversations this past week that have really just... Um, touched my heart with Christian friends who are really struggling with keeping their love alive for friends, for family members, when over the last two years there's been so much division and they just kind of sense their heart growing cold, like they're just frustrated, they're done, they're ready to throw in the towel. And uh, how, how do we keep our love from growing cold. You talked about in our second segment that you opened this chapter on first Philippians and it's it in first Philippians talks about just that our love may abound more and more, um, not little by little, but more by more. We're talking about big love. How do we keep that big love in our lives for our family members, for others, for the person that we encounter in the marketplace? Yeah, well, I don't, I don't think, I don't think think it's some secretive national treasure style uh, rocket science answer. I, I really don't. I think that's part of probably the struggle for a lot of us is we've we come with kind of this weird figure out the secret code mysticism to the Lord instead of realizing the Lord's already made it really clear in his word. It just gets really mundane and we're not good with mundane uh, a lot of times. Um, and what I mean by that is how do you keep your love afloat? Well, I think one way is you pray. I mean, that's what Paul did in there in Philippians is he sees a church that's loving well, but he also sees some small little divisions in there. And right off the bat, was he, what is he doing? He, before he even gives them any commands, he's praying. I'm praying that your love may abound. I'm, I'm praying that um, you think about uh, Philippians when he prays for them, for them the, that they would know what is the height, the breadth, and width of the love of God in Christ Jesus. He's praying that they would not just love each other, but they would know Christ's love. I think it's vital that um first john 4 says we love because he first loved us so i think prayer is a part of that i think how you and i take captive our thoughts and what we meditate on that's going to be a vital part of that i mean the truth is scripture to never say have a quiet time five days a week it does say meditate on the word of god day and night don't let it depart from your lips and I'm not knocking having a quiet time i think we all ought to have time alone as was his habit jesus went and got alone but I think it's more than just checking a box that I read my devotional or I read my chapter of the Bible. It's meditating on that. And I think specifically with regards to love, it's meditating on um, on how Christ showed love. I think, again, First John 4, in this, the love of God is manifested, is made clear. Not that we loved him. Of course, Ephesians says not only did we not love him, we were by nature enemies. So not that we loved him, but he loved us. And he sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice. So you know, if that means for me that I've got to stop, pause, and take some time to just think about Jesus hanging on that cross wrongfully, experiencing the wrath of God on my behalf, being mocked, dying shamefully, and looking out on that crowd of people with a heart filled with love and saying, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. If that's, you know, I think you just, you begin to take your mind back to the truth of scripture, to the truth of who Jesus is and what he's done. And I think as you meditate there and as you, as you, as you take that thought captive, your thoughts there, and you remember the manner in which Christ has loved you and loves the world. Um, how, how can I, I mean, I mean, I don't really think I can look up at God and shake my fist and say, well, I've got a right to not love them when if anybody has a right to not display love, you, you could say that it's the Lord ultimately we've all affronted. Mm -hmm. What was his response? Mm -hmm. 
And so I, I think how do we keep our love? Keep yourself in the Word. Keep yourself um, in 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 praising the Lord, finding ways to praise Him and, and worship Him. Keep yourself in prayer, um, but and all of that by the power of the Spirit and the grace of God. Um, you know, I, I think love, I was going to say the more we see the need for love, I, I think we want to feed that need, and and I think that we have to see that other people. Uh, maybe when we feel that they've wronged us, that person is desperate for love. And if we know Christ, we have his love to give. And I, I think that God calls us to feed the need that's out there. You know, it's not, um, you know, we can start with widows and orphans, but boy, if we can't pour out love on that uh, that that person in the grocery store or, you know, that longtime friend who we now have had a, a, big, a big disagreement, I think calling and even being the first to apologize, even if you feel like you have nothing to apologize for, you know what, sometimes just an apology for um, not valuing that friendship enough to work through things, it opens the door for God's love just to do some amazing things. I, I love that, Kathy. You know, I, I heard something earlier this week um, that, you know, most people are really doing the best they can yeah. on a day-to-day basis, right? And maybe the best I can today is pretty bad. Maybe I'm really struggling um, in my marriage, or maybe I've got a kid who's straying, or maybe my job is on the ropes, and I don't know how, if I'm going to have a paycheck next week. You know, I'm, I think most people are really doing the best that they can, and maybe that's a really bad day. And so, you know, we've kind of been talking about this in our household a little bit lately is, you, you really have to understand that that people are walking in what they're walking in, and if today was a bad day, you can't take it personal. Mm-hmm. You know, it's probably not, and that's where we are so egotistical, right, that we think everything is about us, <laughs> and really – it's, it's not. And I have to be careful with that with teenagers, right? They're going to have bad days. They're, and my kids, uh, Pastor Wes, you don't know my kids, but they kind of do everything big. Like we do things big yeah. in this family and um, big personalities. And so a lot of times our feelings and emotions are big as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, oh, you know, it's not personal. And so we really have to take a step back and go, okay, that wasn't personal. They're just having a bad day and really looking at how to love them through that. And Wes, you hit it on the head. You know, when I start my day with praise and prayer, <laughs> everything seems to go yes. much better um, as as I walk through that path with others and navigating others throughout the day. Yeah, what you were saying, my granddad often said, has said this often for years, and it's, it's a phrase, it's a, it's a line he got from his dad, so my great-grandfather which is be kind to everybody because everybody's having a hard time. Yeah. And it, it, again, taking that off. And I think, I think the key in, in all of that is you pray, as you seek, as you meditate, as you do all that, it's ultimately scripture says love is a, is a fruit of the Holy spirit. It's not something you and I produce or man, it's something the Holy spirit produces. Mm. The real key is we got to walk in the spirit and not by the, the strength and power of our flesh. Yeah. Um, and I think as you, Put yourself in other people's shoes and do what you're talking about. Be kind to everybody. Everybody's having a hard time. It's not about it's not about you, and me. So, yeah. well, you know, and I think this is something I love to put God to the test on. You know, not that He says to put Him to the test, but whenever I am kind and loving to someone, even if I'm not feeling it, all of a sudden I start feeling it. I yeah. have never felt better being ugly to someone ever, ever, ever. Whenever I have given someone a bad word or snapped back with something, I, it has always in the end made me feel horrible. But whenever I've taken that breath and just said, I may not feel like I love them, but God loves them. And I, I, I may not be able to show my love to them, but I can show God's love to them at this minute. It fills me with goodness and patience and love. I mean, something happens within our hearts when we press into God's love for another person. He just, he's like, okay, you, you're, what does is, what is Ms. Evelyn say? She says um, that we need to apply for his supply. And I think when we go, okay, Lord, I really don't have the supply to do this, but I know you do because your word says you do and your word is truth. And I'm going to believe 
that your love is sufficient for all things and that it, it just covers a multitude of, of sin mm-hmm. and wrongdoing. And I'm just going to press into your love for this person. And it's amazing what he does in, in your own heart when you do huh. that. 100%. All right, Pastor Wes Wilkinson, tell our friends, our listening friends, where to find you on Sunday. Give them the times again for your services yeah. and small groups. So Sunday mornings, uh, our small groups, call them grow groups. You may know them as Sunday school life groups or any other one of the million names we get them in the church world. <laughs> but essentially our small groups meet at 930 uh, from cradle to uh, to the oldest senior adult in the church. So uh, those are at 930. And then at 11 o'clock is our, we have one worship service, multi-generational. Um, it's at 11 o'clock. We go about, we go 11 to uh, 12, 15 is, is kind of typical um, time we're in, in that worship gathering. And then, and then outside of that, we have a, a Wednesday night Bible study for, um, for the church on Wednesdays at 6. Um, we've got, you know, obviously got student activities and kids activities both on Wednesdays and at different times. But those Sunday mornings and Wednesdays kind of right now as I'm getting my feet settled are kind of our two main uh, major times. And uh, this Sunday, actually, we have a Sunday night at 630, uh, just time of praise and worship and prayer led by our choir and orchestra. So that's a kind of a new, new thing we're starting once a month uh, this week. Um so that's times, and as far as, as other things, we do have a podcast that we're in the process of revamping and about to, to drop the uh, new version out uh, here in the next week or so that you can get on all of the major, your whatever your favorite podcasting platform uh, is. And um, uh, yeah, and then obviously as far as getting to me, I try to be as accessible as possible before and after uh, any time we, we are gathered for worship and uh, you can call the church office, or if you go to the church website, uh, fbcpville.org, my uh, my personal email is right there. So you can email me directly, and I'll, I'll respond back to you. Wonderful. Pastor Wes Wilkinson, we're so grateful that you have spent time with us today. That's First Baptist Church of Pflugerville, friends. Of course, we want you to find a church home. We want you to be in community with other people that love Jesus and that are seeking his face, friends. Um, it is will transform your life. And of course, if you want to get a hold of Kathy and I, you can call us on the love line at 512-644-7972. You can find us on Facebook. Um, We're always there. And you can find our archives on Love Talk Network. Friends, we love you so much. We're here every Saturday, 10 a.m. We'll see you next time right here on Love Talk.